Hi, I'm Riley Moynes, author of The Four Phases of Retirement and its sequel, The Ten Lessons. We're speaking with people who are squeezing all the juice out of their retirement, people with widely divergent backgrounds, experience, and expertise, people with stories that can inspire and encourage you, too, to squeeze all the juice out of your retirement. Thanks for joining us for today's conversation. Here we go. My guest today is Don Kelmy. Don is from Kentucky, and he has spent several years teaching me to pronounce the name of his hometown of Louisville correctly. Louisville. That's close. <laughs> a few more years. Don was educated as a math and computer science guy. He has a master's degree in math from Arizona State University and a PhD in computer science from Ohio State. He's taught both subjects at the college level, but he left academia to work as part of a team implementing and managing technology and as a consultant in leadership development. But deep down, he's a coach, and that's where he's turned his attention in his post-work career. Welcome, Don. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Riley, for having me. I think it's fair to say that unlike many of my interviewees, who are kind of deep into their phase four activities that are so meaningful for them, you're kind of at the starting gate of phase four. Uh, but you do know that the project that is taking shape will be both faith-based and values-based. So let's start, Don, by telling me why are these important foundations for you? It's a good statement and a good question, Riley. Um, I believe faith-based and value-based really represents who I am. Mm -hmm. And I owe that to my parents and to a quote. So let me say that a little bit more about that. Mm -hmm. We didn't have much growing up. I have two brothers. Uh, we were poor. We didn't know it. Everything was happy in our family. I had great parents. And they taught us a few things about life without really saying it. And what I mean by that, my dad and mom would always say, do what needs to be done and do it right, and remember, you are a cowman. And that really struck a sensitive bone with me when he said that. And I actually let him down once. I'm going to tell a real quick story. Uh, I was playing baseball, sandlot baseball, uh, got in an argument. I'm a big, tall guy, so I could always intimidate people. So I said, well, if you want to fight, hit me. Well, he did, right in the eye. I didn't know what to do, Raleigh. And I went on home. That night at dinner, Dad said, Don, your eye, what is it? I said, oh, I misjudged a fly ball, hit me in the eye. <laughs> that went on for two or three weeks. Finally, we were with my uncle, and he asked me, what happened? And I said, a guy popped me. Well, Dad's eyes dropped. We go home. He says, let's go out to the garage. I'm figuring I'm headed for a whipping. And he said, Don, that's not what it's about. <laughs> I can take you lying, but now I won't know how, when I can believe you. And that really resonated with me. I didn't know the word at that time, but it was integrity. He was saying, your name and your word really mean something. Mm -hmm. Keep it. Mm -hmm. So values have always been in my heart because of my parents. And the other thing I would say, uh, I have a coffee group, and we go to coffee every two weeks, and we talk naturally about our 
bones and our soreness and what's aching us today. And after that 15 minutes over, we focus on the <laughs> world issues. And we have solved most of those, by the way. Good stuff. Uh, uh, but in the course of it, uh, we're all Catholics. And I said, hey, why don't we make a retreat? So we go on a retreat. We have a break. I go to the bookstore. I'm cruising the spiritual readings. And I come upon a plaque. And it was a quote was up there. It was by Eleanor Powell. And it said, what we are is God's gift to us. What we become is our gift to God. Well, that last part has always stayed with me. And I don't want to show up with my meeting with God being anything but great. So faith-based and values-based, that's where it comes from. Indeed, what a great story. Let's talk about some of the, the initiatives that you've taken that involve your commitment to coaching with a special focus on youth. So first of all, Don, why, why the emphasis on, on youth in your work? Well, I might have a jaded view, Raleigh, but I think we're broken. I think when I look at companies like Enron, Wells Fargo, senior management, senior leaders really trip up. And I don't know that they know what their values are, even though they're posted on the walls. Mm -hmm. They live them differently and have made huge mistakes. And I'm a big sports bigot. And when I look at the sports arena, from youth sports to college sports, I see a lot of, lot of ethical wrongdoings. And especially if you just take a look at the college recruiting, they're paying for players to come to their school, they're doing all kinds of things. So I think, and if I look at corporate management, when I was in, their, in the corporate world for 40 years, and then work with them now in leadership development, if you looked at the surveys, management is trusted less than 50%. Mm. That's broken. And so the more I coached youth sports, I found out, you know, these people listen. They want to learn, and it's our chance. So I think our future is in the youth, and that's why my focus is on youth. Yeah. So you've done several things that we sometimes associate with uh, phase three of retirement, the kind of trial and, and error phase of, uh, of retirement. Um, and, and you've got some of those, uh, as I do. Uh, but let's start talking, uh, Don, about, about your, your uh, involvement with a group called One-on-One. One-on-One. And Raleigh, you're absolutely right about me dabbling a lot in phase three, and I really want to thank you for your books. They have really helped guide me. Uh, but one-on-one -on -one is an organization where you are mentors for troubled youth, and I mean troubled. The one I was assigned to was a young man, John, who had uh, been before the court, uh, was arrested for breaking and entering. And so I decided and was given the opportunity to work for him, work with him. Well, over the year went by, um, we were making progress, at least in my mind. It was very clear that John had a warped sense of values or really no values or didn't know. He knew what the values were, but they might have been incorrect. And it surfaced when I had a muffler problem, and he said, Don, I can fix that. I said, okay, here, how much do you need to get a muffler and uh, to patch my muffler? He says, I don't need anything. I can get it. As long as I don't get caught, that's okay. Well, that really stuck with me as an opportunity to work with people, youth, that 
maybe didn't have a, a good view of what their value system should be and ought to be, and maybe that was a great opportunity for me. So that was an example, and John ended up, by the way, going back to jail. Uh, so I was disheartened, uh, but I think in a maybe small, small way, I might have had an impact on John. Uh, he is out now. Uh, I am no longer working with him, but right. to some degree, it's a, a success. Yeah. Then you uh, spent some time working with another group, uh, Boys and Girls Haven. Boys and Girls Haven. And this, I can say, was a very positive expense, uh, experience. Okay. Uh, I was assigned to a young man who was graduating. He was in the ROTC. Um, when I went to meet him, again, a, a troubled family. Uh, he had a brother. Uh, he actually saw his brother get murdered. So really tough situation. His dad did not like working, uh, but he was a, tried to provide for the family. And when I met John, John said, Don, he called me Mr. Don. Mr. Don, I want to be a Navy SEAL. I said, oh, John, that's awesome. Let's work towards that. Um, let's go down and get all the requirements. And while we were driving down, I said, John, how good of a swimmer are you? He said, I don't even know how to swim. I said, well, Navy SEALs need to know how to swim. Well, to cut to the chase, John um, said, that's fine. I still want to be a Marine and in, in, the seal, in the SEALs. Well, he couldn't be, so he became a medic. Uh, John today has graduated from college, is a medic, I forget his rank now in, in the Navy, but he is doing extremely well. And part of it, I, and I have to say, through my son, I was able to get him an interview for a job. He got the job, and the hiring manager, which was a friend of my uh, son's, called me personally and said, if you got any more like John, send him my send way. Him I'll hire him. Nice. Nice. That's a nicer story, isn't it? How long did you spend working with uh, Boys and Girls Haven? Spent uh, probably two years with Boys and Girls Haven, and what got in the way was part of my retirement uh, agenda in that we would leave town for three or four months and go south where it's a little warmer. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like I could keep the connection, the connection that I felt was valuable for the individuals that you know, yeah. they assigned me, so I had to give that up. Yeah, they need some continuity, you felt. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Sacred Heart was an, is another initiative that you become involved with. Tell us about that one. Right. Sacred Heart, uh, my daughter, my oldest daughter and I, had worked with Operations Parents, and what we presented to them, Operations Parents was an organization that most of the girls were in college, and their parents were having trouble with them adjusting to college. Mm. So they asked us to help, if we could help build a more trusting relationship between parent-child. So we did a trust seminar with them, and it proved to be very, very successful. And that sort of got us going down the road that, and I go back to the youth. If youth is the answer, then we need youth to be strong leaders and a leader, in essence, has to be credible, and they need to know who they are. So, so with Sacred Heart, we went into them, and the more Leanne and I talked about who they are, 
we said that really comes down to their values. So we developed a workshop on helping individuals, these young girls, mm-hmm. uh, uh, understand their personal values. Sure. And through the course of that, I have to say we, we got into Sacred Heart, and, and maybe this is worth saying, when you, when you follow your dream, you're going to run into barriers. And you, one thing I would really give, build up your persistence, because <laughs> it's going to be frustrating, but you can get there. You just have to work through it. So okay. I tried going through the Archdiocese of Louisville. I tried to go through uh, uh, other schools, and I was having no luck. But finally, I said, okay, Leanne, you have relationships. She graduated from Sacred Heart. My wife graduated from Sacred Heart. <laughs> Pull some strings. So she got us an interview with the leadership development person. We were able to put on a pilot free. Mm-hmm. We, d- we are not charging. It, we get our fulfillment of seeing young, young people grow. Sure. So we did the pilot. It was very successful. Uh, they said, will you come back? And we said, absolutely. So we came mm-hmm. back, and we actually invited five girls from the pilot to come in and talk to the young ladies. These were freshmen and sophomore girls in high school right. to tell them, what they got? What was the value of establishing your personal values? And a quick story, Bridget came in and she talked about the workshop and the process we went through. And she said, uh, I asked her, well, tell us about what value you got. And she says, well, that's a good question. She says, I was interviewing for a job at Grader's, which is an ice cream uh, store. Uh, And uh, while I was interviewing, the owner said, so what do you bring to the job, Bridget? Bridget thought for a minute, and she says, my values. And she articulated the values to the owner, and the owner said, done. It's your job. Beautiful. That's a nice story. That's a nice story. Now, there have been, as you you mentioned, some obstacles, and you've encountered some obstacles at Sacred Heart. Yeah. Uh, The the most recent uh, uh, obstacle is in the way of my dream. Uh, my dream is to go beyond just a workshop. It's to continue having this uh, in at Sacred Heart mm-hmm. and then propagate it through all the high schools in Louisville. Mm-hmm. And then who knows where it could go from there. But the obstacle was they got a new president. And the leadership development director, Lauren, said, uh, I said, Lauren, can we go ahead and schedule the next session? And she says, uh, I don't think I want to do that until I want to know what the president wants to do. Right. So we're working through that. We don't have a, a next right. uh, scheduled. But my daughter just visited us, by the way. And uh, she has another Catholic high school in town that has a connection. And we will b- go visiting them in April. Lovely. Lovely. So you're going to keep at it. Now, Don, I know that uh, you are now kind of narrowing your focus and your attention and that you've got a, a really clear goal in mind now going forward, and it's a pre-college summer boot camp. Now, it's kind of a, of a uh, outcome, I think, of your work at Sacred Heart. Tell us about your dream for this pre-college summer boot camp. Okay. To put it in context, one of the things I dabbled in in phase three was uh, I met a Canadian friend, and he mentioned Young Life. So I said, oh, that sounds great, mm-hmm. because a camp, and that sort yeah. of matched up with boot camp. Yeah. 
So I went to it, found out about it. I, hopefully, I was going to do a credibility. But they had such a good program. And I actually told the director, I'd love to do it, but I don't want to mess up what you have going. Mm -hmm. So the concept of Young Life led me to the idea of a boot camp. And in the boot camp, clearly, credibility and values would be the foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, so, But I see it as a three to five day camp where we help girls and eventually boys and girls prepare themselves for college. They're gonna face a lot of decisions. Right. Values gives them an internal guidance system, right. but credibility, they, that's how you build relationships. If you are not credible, you're not gonna be able to have a very strong relationships and it leads into teamwork. So we're gonna focus also on teamwork, how to build relations, how to get along with people, how to be a member of a team. You don't have to be the leader. Right. Leaders also are followers. So be, knowing your role and how you fit in, I think the boot camp can do a good job of that. So this is intended then to be uh, of use to, to uh, students who are entering college in the fall, and this boot camp would be held in August, perhaps? Absolutely. Help, During help the them, summer before they go away. Help them get ready and for it. Our, our thoughts and my dream is to better prepare them for the tough decisions. You know, you have your personal values, mm -hmm. and they guide you. I, keep, I said your internal guidance system, but guess what? Each of us have a motivating factor. And that's when your values come into, into play because you will be tempted by your motivator. Sure. If, you, if you want fame, you will compromise. Mm. And that's when your values really come into right. play. If you like money, and we know money tempts a lot of people, sure. but if you have your values to fall back on, you have to know what you stand for and where is the line in the sand that you won't step over. Help them make good decisions as they enter college. Yeah, absolutely. With lots of temptations. Right, and just to go back to my, my daughter, Leanne, says works with me. She is a really smart girl. I don't know where she got them. It must be from her mother, <laughs> but not me. But she almost failed out her first year in college. And she came home and I said, Leanne, what's up? She mm -hmm. says, Dad, I don't know how to make decisions. I don't know how to handle independence. Hmm. So that's the whole, that stuck with me. Yeah. So that gave me motivation to say, yeah. there's a need and maybe we can help some young people. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. So Don, you know, you've worked for years and years and, and, and you're now in a position where you could kind of sit back and just enjoy life, but, but you're continuing to squeeze the juice. You're, you're continuing to look for ways of helping others. Why do you bother with that stuff? Why don't you just take it easy and play golf somewhere? Yeah. Well, I do play golf and I'm very bad. <laughs> but I keep going back because I've accepted that I'm bad and not very good. But it goes back to the first part of our conversation, the message my parents sent me and the quote, mm -hmm. someday I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meet God and I want to give him something that I'm proud of and that he's proud of. So I don't believe I can stand, be, stand still. And I believe every one of us has a desire to be the best we can be. There, when we're in our career, there are a lot of things that gets in the way. Now there's not a lot of things that gets in the way, yeah. and we can do it. So why not squeeze yeah. the Beautiful. juice? Beautiful. So what, what, it, what advice would you give to others who are trying to do the same thing? What, what kind of guidance could you provide to people? 
I think my guidance would go back to some of the things we talked about. One, I think you have to have a dream. You have to, it's not just playing golf. It, no. But you have to have a dream where you get fulfillment. That is what I'm getting is fulfillment. And I think squeezing the juice gives you fulfillment. So one, have a dream. Two, be persistent. Be persistent because you're going to run into barriers. Yeah. But barriers are things that excite you. You Once you work through them, you say, damn, mm-hmm. I really accomplished something. I got through it. Got now through. I'm on my way again. And I think the third thing I would say is be ready to accept what God puts in front of you. He has a, has a plan for you. So you just have to be ready to accept it and be a Nike and just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Uh, so... What are you getting out of this youth journey? And, and you, you've kind of addressed part of that, but just expand upon that a little bit, Donna. What, what's in all this for you? Yeah, I think what's in, in it for me is fulfillment. I actually think I'm making a difference with the youth. Uh, a second thing I get right now, I'm working with my daughter. Mm-hmm. My Lord, that nice. is fantastic. Yeah, that's to nice. see her grow. Yeah. And third, I'll, I'll go back to the re-quote. Remember, I think I'm becoming... Yeah. I'm actually growing, yeah. and yes. that's exciting. And I'll, I'll, again, throw it back to my parents. They didn't, my mom, I don't think, graduated from high school. My dad did. They always said, get your education, boys. It's going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And what they were saying, keep growing. Sure. It didn't, it, you know, you, you, so I can't stop. Yeah, can't stop. Don, um, I have another question for you. If, you. if you didn't know what year you were born in, how old would you be? <laughs> That's a tough question, Raleigh. Um, I'll give you, I'd say 22. 22. And you might say, where in the heck did that come from? Well, Where in I, the heck did that come from? <laughs> I have always had this dream to reach 100. So I'm now 78 years old. If you subtract 78 from 100, I'm 22. Oh, okay. So I know where I am. Do I feel that young? No, I can't get up and down the steps that quick. No. But mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, yeah. I'm 22. Yeah, good for you. So I'm excited. Good, yeah. Well, that, And part of your involvement, of course, creates that uh, creates That's that exactly right. Uh, Don, I want to thank you very much for spending time with us, uh, with us today. It's very enjoyable. Now, folks, we're always interested in hearing from people who are squeezing the juice out of retirement. And if that sounds like you, I'd love to hear from you. And perhaps we can share your story with our listeners. You can contact me by email, riley at squeezingthejuice.ca. I hope you've enjoyed today's conversation and that you'll join us again next time as we help you squeeze all the juice out of retirement. I'm Riley Moynes. Bye for now.